Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We are hanging out at a homey home, 11457 Camden Road, right here in Draper. Very easy to get to. We still have some uh, jazz gear to give away. And, of course, if you're buying or selling a home, check out the good folks at Homey. Uh, check them out at uh, homey.com. It is time uh, for your uh, Utah Jazz Insider Report. Brought to you by Ken Garf, West Valley Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram for great deals and even better experiences. Uh, let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with FlexLease. Now through December 26th, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, live from Atlanta, our good friend David Locke. What's up, David? How are you? Hey, we're great, man. Uh, how are you? How's uh, the lovely southeastern United States? I got off a bus, I walked right into a hotel room, I've been on a bunch of calls since then, and I have no idea. Um, but it's 7.10 here, I'm not hungry, and i got to figure out where I'm going to dinner. I don't even have a dinner reservation, and that's like the all, that's my like way I travel, so I have nothing set up tonight. Uh, you are a big foodie, David, and I don't, even, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, what's, what's the best food city you go to? Houston. Interesting. Los Angeles, uh, why Houston. Houston? Um, so I'm stealing this a little bit from David Chang, um, but I think Houston is the best restaurant city in America right now, other than maybe Los Angeles, for the following reasons. It has incredible wealth, so that there's there's a, a ability for anybody to open numerous types of restaurants. It has massive population. It's probably the fourth or fifth most populated city in America. So, again, you can get lots of different types of restaurants with a niche level. It has... Probably, I think of Houston as maybe the most wide-ranging, diverse city that exists in the different ethnicity that exists, um, and then also um, particularly from uh, people coming immigration into city, both you know into Houston, both obviously um, the Mexican immigration or the whole Central American immigration, or there's just a huge Asian immigration. There's a massive African population too. So that adds to a tremendous flavor to it. And then I actually, and this is what I'm stealing from David Chang, I think the most interesting is there's not a lot of culinary tradition. And so therefore they're able to go do what they want to do um, and not have to, um, and they don't feel as though they have to follow through on some sort of way food is cooked. I think New York's pretty stuck in tradition. Um, New Orleans is certainly stuck in tradition. And so I think that you have some freedom in Houston. They also have my personal favorite chef, um, whose name is Chris Shepard. And he did one of the coolest things ever, which is he won the James Beard Award, which is, has nothing to do with James Harden, but is probably, you know, the equivalent of winning the MVP and then promptly closed his restaurant because he would never know again whether anyone liked it or not because they once he's won the James Beard Award, everyone's just coming. So he then reopened new restaurants because then he'd find out whether they liked them, one of which is 
the most incredible idea, which is called one. This is more than you wanted, but it's called one fifth. And one fifth is a restaurant which he opens and runs it for a something like either nine or 12 months or so as one menu and then closes it and reopens it as a new restaurant. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm recovering from the from uh, the aspect of this that you didn't have any hometown bias and go with the San Francisco area. I, I was a little surprised by that. I think San Francisco is a little bit of that stuck in tradition. I think. And you know what? San Francisco is out of reach for most people. The wealth is so abundant that I think it's almost impossible for anybody to eat at some of the nicest restaurants. We, we did a huge extravaganza. Uh, went to Quince, which is a three-time Michelin star restaurant. And, I mean, it was stupid. Like, I'm, I was embarrassed at the end of the night that I had just spent. It was incredible, mind-blowing. It was like art. It was like going to see Hamilton on Broadway. It was, but it was stupid. Like, I mean, I should never spend that kind of money for it. So I just think the best restaurants in San Francisco are out of reach. So, David, now that you've had time to uh, think further on what you saw in that game last night, I'm curious to know uh, what your characterization is of of what took place in that game when the Jazz get the big lead and then they give it away and uh, they're down seven and it seems like desperation is uh, soaking them. And then the next thing you know, they're uh, coming back like gangbusters. Uh, Quite a roller coaster ride. So I'm going to talk about two things I saw last night. One is the first half was the best 24 minutes or 120 minutes at each, you know, 24 at each position that we've seen all year. They were great. I mean, they were great. The ball moved. uh, They were connected defensively. The rotations were fabulous. Like Quinn has fiddled and worked with guys and done different things and how he had guys and, and, and everyone looked like they were in their right role. Um, it, it was, it was awesome. Um, I, I thought that was really, was good. And then let's down, what, 79, 70 or 77, 70 or whatever. You, you just don't win that game unless you've got a little moxie and something special to who you are that makes you have an incredible desire to win. And Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell were really special down the stretch. And that's probably as important as anything else to this team. So I thought we saw the amazing growth. I think they threw like 340 passes last night. They've been averaging 290 for a season. Their opening night of the season, they threw 260 passes. Um, I think everybody who played more than three minutes and 35 seconds had an assist last night. Um, You know, most guys – like Emmanuel Moutier had 32 touches and 28 passes. Like that is incredible. That's great growth for him. You know, that's him really. Boyan and Donovan, you know, they're not passing much. They, they're, they're there to score. And so everybody else better be passing. And um, the way that they, they played those stretches was just awesome. I thought they were terrific. 
David Locke is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, David, we've talked about the bench a lot this year, and I remember uh, talking to you during the offseason after this team had been assembled, and you mentioned that scoring off the bench was going to be an issue, and you certainly were right about that. Did you expect um, the bench to struggle this much, and what do you think about Quinn's solution of mixing up the lineups to help out? Quinn's tried everything uh, admirably and and different approaches. Um, and I still think it's going to be a work in, in process. And I, and I think, you know, having Mike Conley out for an extended period of time now is going to make it maybe even more difficult um, because I think that the part of what he was able to do is he had, you know, now you don't have, you can't have Mike recircle back. Um, so I, I think that's a, you know, that's a real problem, frankly. Uh, but I, I think there's still more to be done. And I think Quinn's tried everything imaginable. He's tried to unlock guys by giving them larger roles. He's tried to unlock guys by having them take lo- lesser roles. Um, I, I think there's a lot of really, you know, this is where Quinn is a master. Um, and then also you just have a team that is, you know, that is built well and, and with a good culture. And so things usually work out. So, um, I, I think it's pretty impressive what he's tried, even though most of it hasn't worked, and the fact that he continues to try, and we'll see what happens next. David, I want to circle back to those final five minutes. Is that kind of performance sustainable? Are Donovan and, and Bogdanovich good enough to do that on a regular basis? Sure. Being down seven with four minutes left is not particularly sustainable, but I only because I think you know they happen to be playing a team on that night who has a clutch problem. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I may pull a muscle right now, patting um, Ron and I on our back. Okay, and Ron's three rooms down the hallway, so it might really. Oh, whoa! Pulled the muscle. Here we go. Um, if you were listening to our radio broadcast last night, you would have heard us mention that Orlando is 22nd in the league in clutch performance um, when we moved to the five-minute mark and that Evan Fournier is shooting about 32% and Nikola Vukovic is shooting 31 and that Markel Fultz has actually been their best clutch player in games late and that they have a clutch problem. So it is for Boyan and, and Donovan to do that, I think, is sustainable. But... Um, they happen to be playing a team who is not have does not have that does not have either of those stars and therefore is not a good late game player. Uh, by the way, Fournier is now twenty nine percent in the clutch and four of fifteen from three. He did miss one last night, and Nikola Vukovic is now five of fifteen in the clutch and one of five from three. I, I'm sorry, I'll have to go see Eric Waters now to repair my pulled muscles. <laughs> David Locke with us uh, on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's talk about Atlanta for a second, David. Um, I know they're without John Collins uh, dealing with the the PED issue. Trey Young had like 42 points, but the the Hawks somehow still lost by over 20 points to the Knicks last night, which is absolutely absurd. But I thought that this was a team on the come, and their record certainly would not represent that. What's going on with the Hawks? When a team allows 140 points in New York, can I get your pie chart of what you attribute that to from, like, New York? Is it, like, what percentage is Nick's offense? What percentage is New York the city? What is the gold club? What, what, what are you attributing, what are you attributing <laughs> this to? Hey, are we talking the hangover effect? That had to be, what, 15% at least. 
All I know is that there's some crazy note that, like, when there was a franchise in New Orleans for the first time, no team won their first game there. Kind of like uh, the um, uh, the Las Vegas hockey team, uh, the the Golden Knights or whatever. They had, their home record is just incredible. Is it really? Is that true? It, it was their first year in the league. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Their their Stanley Cup year, their home record. I'll, I'll have to go back and look it up for you, but it was off the charts. Um, yeah, so I think that's what happened last night. <laughs> but why aren't the Hawks better? I thought they'd be better and they stink. <laughs> um, well, I think the first thing I don't know, I haven't watched them all year, so I really can't answer the question. But from 30,000 feet, my answer would be that when we talk about how much better they're going to be, we were expecting five players in their third year or less to be the key players, which means we all had a lobotomy when we decided to think that that was going to work. Right? So Trey Young in the second, Kevin Herter in his second, Hunter in his first, Cam Reddish in his first, and John Collins in his third year. Like, that's the key to their team, right? Hmm. Uh, come on. Like, I got it. Like, we all got excited about Atlanta and decided they're going to win a lot of games and this and that. Like, it's really, you know, let's not blame let's not blame our idiocy on Atlanta. David, obviously going up against the Hawks, you talk about the Hornets. After that, I'm interested in that game against the Heat. What in the world is going on with that team? Because they are really, really good. Except for they're not recently. Um, I'm actually more interested. It's interesting you say that. This is where I think my perspective is really different than everybody by traveling with a team. I'm really interested in the first two because it takes great discipline to make sure that you're prepared and ready to fight off Atlanta and beat Charlotte Hornets basketball team, maybe Atlanta, the city as well. Um, you know, and, and win these first two, I mean, those are, these are the games you need to win and you probably should win. Um, and then Miami, that's, that's a tough that's a tough one to go get. Now, certainly if you can go get the first two and then play with gravy and go steal and suddenly have won what we would have won six in a row by that point. Now you've suddenly changed your season. So I, I do, I do hear what you're saying in that regard, but it only works if you get the first two. Um, Miami's really good, but they have won a little statistically. They're a little bit, their win loss records a little bit ahead of where their point differential should be. They've won 19 games. And they probably should have only won 17, which leads you to believe they'll come back a little bit. And then the second thing is that in the last two weeks, their defense is ranked 22nd in the league, which is really stunning. And it's actually as stunning as ours being 20th. Um, because I actually thought Utah and Miami would be probably defenses one and two in the NBA this year, probably Milwaukee right in there. I don't mean to discredit them, but if you had given me the five top defenses in the NBA to start the year, I would have felt really comfortable telling you it was Utah, Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and maybe the Lakers um, or, or the Clippers, depending on the games they played. So three of them are close, but Utah and Miami, who I really thought would be elite defensive teams this year, are not. Um, they're, Utah's now ninth and Miami's 11th, but in the last two weeks, Miami's 22nd and Utah's 20th. So, curious. I'm not sure. I'm interested to see. They're playing Philly right now, aren't they? 
Uh, give me. I believe so. If you give me a second, I can give you an update on David. The, let uh, me follow. Let me follow and, that and, question. And, but I need to point out um, for various reasons, and this is really just for um, Gordon's knowledge here. Um, Miami has my new favorite NBA player. Who is Duncan Robinson? Who started his basketball career at Williams College, and I mm-hmm. this week has become. Um, favorable toward Williams College. And your reason? You can probably figure it out. <laughs> so, David, I want, let, let me back up on the question I asked you before. You said that you were really interested in the Hawks and the Hornets games. Uh, would you feel that way if the Jazz were hitting on all cylinders right now? Would you be looking forward to that Heat game more if the if the Jazz were were just, you know, cruising along, uh, being uh, an elite team in the West? Um, no, I think there's you're on to something. There's something that I'm still not quite sure who we are. And so, I mean, I think it became abundantly clear on that road trip that we're not quite Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Toronto, the Lakers right now. And so can we um, – can we prove that we are I, – I, yes, sorry, I'm not saying this very well, but I want to make sure that we're – right now we're about middle of the pack of, of the good teams, right? So we're – there's probably five teams that are the elite teams in the NBA right now to some extent, depending who you put in there. And then there's a next tier of us that's in that next group. And, yes, I'd like to make sure that we're in that next tier and there's not something more significantly wrong. David, real quick uh, before we uh, let you go, the inaugural Las Vegas Golden Knights had a home record of 29-10-2, which was uh, number one in the league. And in their three seasons of existence at home, they're 63-28-10, and uh, 10, it looks like. So for any, um, I, I guess, uh, a new franchise, that's got to be that's got to be top-notch, right? That's pretty good. Um, so the New Orleans Hornets first came in the league in 2002-2003, right? Yep. Let's go see what happened. This was a team that was okay. Their, they, their point differential um, ranked them about 12th in the NBA. Um, so they won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve straight home games to start the year. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. The hangover effect is real. It is real, and it does affect uh, young people under twenty. They were a five hundred team that won twelve straight home games to start the year. <laughs> they were two well, and know. six. They were two and six on the road and twelve and zero at home. <laughs> hey, Bourbon Street is fun. I've been there. That's a good time. Probably not conducive to playing a, a, a athletic contest the next day. And then I don't know what was wrong uh, with the LA. Oh, I know what. They, then they finally played a Monday night home game. Bourbon Street closed early on a Sunday, and the LA Clippers came in and won. See, explained. It's real. Uh, David, thank you very, very much, as always. And uh, we'll catch up with you in the pregame coming up tomorrow. 
I do want to point out that the Utah Jazz were the first team to play a road game in New Orleans and lost 100 to 75. That's Carl Malone was 5 of 16. Deshaun Stevenson was 5 of 10. Sean Stevenson had the best game. We'll have to go ask Matt Harper. He played in that game. We'll see what he remembers about it. We should ask Matt. We absolutely should. And, and hey, that's basically a homecoming for Carl. You know, give him a break. He's probably seeing some right. other friends. They petered out in the fourth uh, quarter. Got outscored thirty-two to eleven. <laughs> well, that's when the dehydration really took hold. Uh, thank you, David. <laughs> we appreciate you. See you. Bye. David Locke. Our good friend, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We are hanging out here uh, with our friends at Homie. We are at a Homie home, 11457 Camden Road. Our good friend, Katie, joins the show once again. And, Katie, I love it that uh, we're helping our listeners. I mean, this is, you know, buying or selling a home, are there are there bigger decisions in life? I mean, this is one of the major ones, right? And yeah. it's it's pretty cool. That, that you guys are making this easier and less, I mean, painful, for lack of a better word, for our listeners? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a huge life decision. Um, while we were chatting, while you guys were on the phone with uh, David Locke, we uh, did the math here. And if you were to sell with a normal agent and buy with a normal agent with this home, the savings that we were we are providing for this seller is $42,000. Oh, my That's gosh. That's incredible. That's so much money that we're just putting back in their pockets that they can use to go and find their dream home. What would you do with 42000 Jake? <laughs> mm, maybe I'd parlay it into some sort of killer deck <laughs> that I could put out back. Maybe one of those with a, maybe a, a spa of some sort in there. What do you think, Gordon? I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> no, but the, the point is, we're joking. The point is there's so many different things that, that you can do with that money. I mean, that's, that is an incredible amount of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money, and yeah. Um, so, but we are, we on average we save about ten thousand dollars for our sellers, which is great. Um, and so that's just money that they can go and they can buy their next dream home. And in, on the buy side, giving five thousand dollars towards closing costs—that's a, a wonderful um, way to get into your dream home and find your dream home. So um, we're, we're here to help save both buyers and sellers money and, and time and help streamline the process. Well, and uh, homey loans and homey title on yeah. top of that, making yeah. it even easier. Yeah, and homey insurance too. We're a one-stop shop. Awesome. We're here for everything. All right, check them out. Go to homey.com. Katie, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we're live at a homey home. Come see us, 11457 Camden Road. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'll come in last night about a half past ten. That baby of mine wouldn't let me in. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us part of your day. Hanging out live at a homie home with our friends at homie. Check them out, homie.com. Or you can come by and see us, 11457 Camden Road. This is a beautiful home for sale. If you're looking for a, a nice family home, uh, certainly uh, come on by and see us. We have jazz gear for you as uh, well. We also want to remind you about our friends at Syringa. Verizon and XO customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. That number again, 385-420-8221, Syringa Networks. All right, Gordon, let's talk about this for a second. We were just talking about this off the air. And I've got to admit that usually I'm, I'm uh, you know, right in the middle of the – 
storms that you cause amongst fan bases. And I, I've got to admit, your most recent one has passed me by a little bit. So uh, describe what's what's going on with you. People well, the are... most recent one is is uh, the one on uh, on the uh, the possession. Oh, charge, you're Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. But but the one you're getting heat for is oh, is they're, your Jalen Johnson. Some column? people, some of you fans are upset because I wrote a column saying, "Hey, nobody should shame Jalen Johnson." But I, at no point in the column that I can recall, anyway, uh, did I ever say that this is a problem with the youth fans. The fan base is going after Jalen Johnson. I'm get, I'm I'm the biggest moron in the market uh, for suggesting that no one should be angry at him. Are but they? I think Utah fans are pretty – I won't classify all Utah fans because I think uh, there's a lot of great Utah fans out there, and they're great fans with every fan base. But there is a small percentage of Utah fans that are about as sensitive as I've ever seen in any market where I've ever worked for covering any team. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is, but – it's almost like a circle the wagons kind of thing. It's uh, it, uh, the sensitivity there is off the charts, and I think most youth fans get it. I mean, they're willing to discuss various things, whatever it is, whether you agree or disagree. As you know, ain't no good guys, ain't no bad guys. There's just you and me, and we just disagree, and that's that's a good thing. But man, some of these people are are just crazy. So I guess I don't understand what they're bent out of shape about. So you said that that you fans shouldn't be mad at Jalen Johnson. That's what you said in your column. You I know. said no reason to right, to right. shame him for leaving early. And so they're mad because you because I suggested that they were mad. And I no, I don't think I said that in the column. Maybe someone tweeted out something when the when the column originally went out that youth fans might be upset or something, but I don't think I included that in the column. If I did, it was very slight. The whole idea was using Jalen Johnson as an example of what's becoming more commonplace, and that is for a high draft pick or someone who has reached a certain level not to participate in a bowl game and uh, it's it's there was a time when that never would have happened, but in more recent times, it has gotten more that way. And some choose to go ahead and play, and that's fine too. I couldn't care less whether they play or not. It's up to them. But it's it's interesting that uh, there are these star players who are deciding, okay, the bowl game's really not that important to me. I'm going to go ahead and concentrate on the draft and avoid the potential for any kind of injury. But because I wrote that, there are some Ute fans that are just beside themselves with uh, anger toward me. Uh, and I I generally don't read that stuff, but uh, if it's a reasonable one, then I'll go ahead and read it. And uh, a couple of people have suggested that perhaps I don't know the fan base of the Utes. I've only been covering the Utes for 27 years now but how do you know if it's reasonable if you haven't read it well i can start i can buy but when the first sentence says you're a blankety blank and blank and blanker then i figure it's probably not reasonable okay all right i got you but if it's Uh, but if it's you know i have uh i have a i disagree with what you uh, are putting forth here and here's why 
I will read that every time. This, I guess I just don't. I don't understand what's what's so controversial about this whole thing. But, I, but I've got I've I, got I've gotten. Uh, I haven't counted them, but it seems as though I've gotten hundreds of responses. Um, it, I wouldn't blame you fans if they were bent out of shape that Jalen Johnson isn't playing. I well, that's the funny thing about it. So many of these people are saying. Uh, upset. I don't know a single a single Ute fan that's mad at Jalen Johnson. Well, I've gotten correspondence from about fifty who do have a problem with it. Uh, why wouldn't a fan base want to see one of their best players play? I don't know. I mean, I, the word I, mad the word mad is is ridiculous because you're not going to be mad at the guy for for looking out for his best interest. But I I could see I could see fans being disappointed yeah. he's not going to play. What what's so controversial about that? I, I, it beats me. I, I, I'll I tell you know. what. I'm personally disappointed. I'm not going to get to see him play in a in a uniform again. That's a bummer. He's a great player. He had a, a a crazy impact on the game. And by the way, their secondary is not looking particularly good at the moment. Going well, up against a team in Texas that throws the ball. So why? What, what would be wrong about wanting your player to play? I, I again, the word mad. You're not going to be mad at him. I mean, that's that's dumb. But. What's the matter with being disappointed that uh, you're not going to get to see Jalen play for the Utes again? I get that. It's wrong with that. It's a very sensitive, small percentage of Ute fans, but, man, they do get their feelings hurt quickly. And when they do, then you're the dumbest one in the room. Well, now you don't need to get aggressive. No, I'm calling them dumb. I'm saying me. Oh, I see. Your your little self-deprecation there. In their minds, yeah. In their minds, okay. But I love it, man. I love the discussion. I love disagreement. I love agreement. It's not like I'm looking for disagreement. I'm not stirring the pot. I'm just uh, expressing opinion that I think is worthy of consideration. Whether you agree or disagree, it really doesn't matter. All right. It is the Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we're hanging out live today. We're at a homey home. You're welcome to come by and join us. We still have some jazz gear left. 11457 Camden Road. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Jay Hill, head coach of Weber State Football. What are your lasting thoughts about the quarterfinals? We did exactly what I told you the game was going to come down to. Us taking care of the football and then us playing great defense. And we did both those things. What a fun game it was. Back and forth and two good teams. It was a heck of a game. The five interceptions and the incredible defense and the the blocked punt. I got to ask you for the truth here. Tony is trying to sell this to me and the listeners that he actually drew up that play and told you to go out there and block that punt. Well, that was good advice, though, huh? Yeah. yeah. Just, hey, just let's go block this one for a touchdown. Right. That will help us win. Thought it would help our offense, and lo and behold, seventeen <laughs> ten. It did. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from ten to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. Wednesday. Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, you heard the sounder right there. Be the 12th caller, 855-340-ZONE. It's Win Ticket Wednesday. Your chance to go see the Jazz take on the Portland Trailblazers. The day after Christmas, purchase Ford Fan Zone. All you can eat tickets to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, ice cream, and soda. 
Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 for free Ford swag, jazz tickets, movie passes, and much, much more. Uh, 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. Gordon, uh, we've talked recruiting day, mostly in the in the 3 o'clock hour. Um, and right now, Utah, uh, let's or actually, let's, this is the big story right now. Utah sits at ninth in the Pac-12. Didn't terrific. They're still waiting on some guys. Uh, but the big surprise about the recruiting day today, Gordon, is USC right now, they rank 12th in the Pac-12. 12th. 12 out of 12. They're sitting behind the Arizona Wildcats. And, and granted, you know, these recruiting rankings and that sort of thing, um, it, it's not an exact science. It's not everything. But USC, 78th in the country right now, according to 24-7 yeah, sports. That Holy is, that's cow. That's unbelievable. Are they, are they waiting on some of their guys for the for the they might day be. in February or something? Because th- that's just not the way it typically is. Well, Utah, or usually USC isn't waiting on anybody. Right. You know, you're, yeah. you're snapping that up. I mean, this, uh, and I heard John Wilner on with Hans earlier today, and that was a, a really good conversation, but he's right. I mean, keeping, keeping Clay Helton was a terrible decision because it's still out in the, it's still up in the air. You wanted a new head coach who can come in and, and recruit guys and say, hey, I'm going to be here for a long time. Yeah. And Clay Helton seems like a really good man, a, a good guy, but uh, wouldn't you want to get like a legacy coach there who uh, who recruits really believe is going to come in and make a big difference and you're going to roll? I don't know about a legacy coach, but even just somebody different at this point because he's, he's in such a bad situation. Mm. Come play for me. I might not be here next year. Well, that just doesn't seem right. Something's screwy there. Uh, Washington, by the way, right now with the number one recruiting class, followed by Oregon, Stanford, UCLA, Cal, Colorado, Arizona State, the Mighty Beavs of Oregon State, and then Utah coming in at number nine, Washington State at 10, Arizona at 11. Wow, that is not the company you want to be in. But maybe that million dollars that you'd spend on recruiting uh, isn't paying off. Here's the other thing about that, though. Just because somebody rates your recruits a certain way, with the, with the track record that Kyle Whittingham has as far as developing players, uh, I don't know. You know, is the difference between one and the other one guy's a two and a half stars and the other one is three or or one guy is a four and your guy is a three? I I just. Uh, you know, I don't know. I guess when you're Alabama and you get all those five stars in bulk, that's going to make a huge difference. But a, a few here and there where one's a four and the other's a three and the other's a five and the other's a two, is it really is it really that close to being accurate as far as a predictor of how the performance is going to turn out? No. There's something to it, and even coaches will tell you there's something to it. But here's the part about it that bugs me. All right. Is Alabama getting all these five stars, or are all these five stars only five stars because they're being recruited by Alabama? Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know. See, I think a lot of times these writers go, oh, my goodness, Nick Saban paid him a visit yesterday. Well, put put an extra star by his name for crying out loud. I mean, (laughs) Alabama does not recruit three stars. Goodness. So, you know, like, it's far, far, far from an inexact science. You go back through Super Bowl rosters and check and see how many stars some of the players on those rosters were. Right. And it's, it's, it's pretty easy to pick out the, uh, the lack of, of uh, real judgment involved in it. 
In some cases, yes, but in some cases, certainly no. And I think the Utes have really made, uh, if not the most, darn near the most out of the recruits they get. And that would catch my attention. Are you kidding me? If I'm a defensive back or if I'm an edge rusher, if I'm a defensive lineman, why wouldn't you want to go to Utah? Yeah. All right, it is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are hanging out today with our friends at Homie. Uh, find out what they can do for you at homie.com. We are live at a homie home, 11457 Camden Road. Uh, a client, of course, of Homie, and our good friend Katie is jumping on the headset uh, once again. And, uh, Katie, it's it's always fun. I feel like we've got boots on the ground when we come out to a homie home. Your offices are, are gorgeous, and it's always fun to come down there, too. But I, I like kind of where we're seeing the process play out. And we're, we're seeing the product. What a beautiful home. Gorgeous home. Yeah, beautiful home, beautiful hardwood floors, vaulted ceilings, fireplace. It's been wonderful hanging out here with you guys. And we've been able to have a lot of buyers and sellers come in and, and talk to us. And so that's been wonderful and to have them interact with you guys. And um, we have great offices, but it's been fun to have you guys start coming out to these open houses and really start showing your your uh, listeners kind of what we do and get a, a tangible home to, to come and walk through. So uh, let's, you know, if somebody out there, let's let's go on the selling angle for, for a moment, but somebody out there interested in selling their home and want to, you know, get started, what do they do? So honestly, just head on uh, to homie.com and uh, enter in your information. Um, you can also, if you have any questions, there's question, um, you know, a bunch of answers on there. Um, but enter in your information. We'll have one of our agents contact you. Um, we'll do a CMA report. We'll help you price your home. We'll have a, a professional photographer come out to your home. We'll get you a yard sign. We'll get you all set up. Um, we'll start putting you out there on all social media platforms, you know, once your listing is done and we'll, we'll get your home listed on the MLS. Um, we'll, we'll have our agents help with, with selling your home, marketing your home, you know, putting it on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, we have awesome, awesome marketing team. Um, and our listing coordinators do a great job, um, marketing the the home. Um, So, So it's not a matter of being isolated and leaning on technology. You have the human touch. Yeah, you have the human touch and it's a whole team of agents that are, that's here to help you. Um, we've got a great crew of people that are, that are here to help you. You have one dedicated agent that's going to help you through the process, but they've got a whole team of agents that helps and supports them. Well, Katie, we can't thank you enough, of course, for having us and especially for taking such uh, great care of our listeners. No problem. Thank you. And that jazz hat looks good, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, very, very nice. Uh, thanks, Katie. We thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we want to say a big, big thank you to our good friends at Homie. Uh, check them out, homie.com. Uh, they've been hosting us today, Gordon, at a homie home, 11457 Camden Road. You can check it out for yourself. A homie home? A homie home. Because Homie's got your back, Gordon. And uh, it's always fun. It's been fun to see our listeners. It's been fun to give away the jazz gear. It's yeah. been a good day. Yeah, it has been. It's always fun to meet our listeners. And uh, a lot of them came by today, so we had fun. Yeah, came by and, and saw a beautiful house. Yeah. What do you got on tap for tonight, Gordon? Something fun? I'm, I'm picturing you. I think uh, some hard living. Hard living? Define hard living. Uh, probably going home, going to bed. 
Okay, so no, I don't know. Sarcastic I mean, hard living. I'm, I'm picturing Gordon going down to like a old Western style bar <laughs> and throwing back yeah, a whiskey or, shot or something. Going through the two uh, yeah, swinging the, doors. Exactly. Are, any, are there any uh, saloons like that around anymore? Oh yeah, I'm sure there are saloons. You can go up in Park City. They've got saloon style bars up there. I suppose, yeah. But hard living. You've got some hard living on tap tonight. No, That's no. falling asleep in your easy chair in front of the television. No, I got uh, my uh, family members flying in tomorrow morning, so uh, my family will all be together. All five uh, daughters? The all five daughters will be in town, and uh, there's no telling what might happen when that uh, occurs. You know, that's uh, I, I know you had the, the wedding not too long ago, but that's probably not easy to get all five daughters in the same place. No, same because, time. well, you know, they live in different places, but uh, it's good to have them all back. And all you folks out there with younger families, let me just say that you think it's always going to be that way. You know, you just in your mind's eye, Sadie is going to be two, two and a half years old, you know, because that's what you know. That's what's in front of you. But I'm telling you, you're going to turn around twice and she's going to be heading off to college or next thing you know, she's uh, starting a career in some other state somewhere. And you're going to you're going to blubber like a baby. Okay, let me ask you this. If there's one thing that I do not know. That you can prepare me for, what would it be? Just one. If you had it, like the one most important thing you got to give me a heads up about of raising a daughter, what would that one thing be? It would be expect the unexpected. Stay on your toes. Stay on your toes until on a swivel. You know, because we all have in our uh, our mind's eye sort of okay. This is this is the way it's going to go, uh-huh. and it and, doesn't. And it is an adventure. <laughs> and I'll it tell doesn't you that. Go that. So. You got to enjoy yourself along okay. the way, and, and don't get too hung up with uh, when Sadie decides that uh, she's smarter than you. You know, just roll with it. How many of your daughters are smarter than you? All of them. All of them. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, yeah. I, 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 bet, I better just keep it that you way. You probably got yeah, it. That's probably yeah. the way to go. Yeah, I got my wife and the five daughters, and the, yep, I'm the dumbest one in the family. Good call, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, thank you, my friend. Excellent work today. Oh, we had fun. Thanks to Austin uh, as well. We appreciate his fine work. Uh, thanks to uh, David Locke for for uh, jumping on with us today. Brian Brown jumped on with us today. Jake Hatch. Uh, talking about signing day. Riley Nelson was on the show. You can find all of our content in podcast form at 1280thezone.com or simply go to your favorite podcast catcher. Search The Big Show. Uh, give us a subscribe uh, if you want to get all of our content on a daily basis, but certainly you can catch up on uh, what you missed today. We certainly appreciate your listenership. Never take it for granted. Uh, we thank you for it. Talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.